from that point, I still felt like I had to go see him. I didn't believe anybody that wasn't Mormon when it came to sexuality. People would tell me, like, you're crazy. Like, you can, you're gay. <laughs> Just be gay. Right. And it's so easy to say that if you're not experiencing it because you don't feel those feelings. And, you know, it's for any religion, really, um, especially organized religion. And when you're raised in it, that's all you know. And It's kind of stepping out of your bubble. Yeah. In a way, a little bit. Right? Definitely. Um, when was the breaking point for you? When did you finally have to go, I need oh. I need to go see someone else? Okay, actually, I'm going to cry. Um, um, I was... I was out already, but still trying to make the LDS church work for me. And, you know, so I was saying, I was still, I was claiming the term gay now, you know, I had opened up about being gay, but I was still trying to make the church work. And I was, at this point, I had started drinking. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tic Tac Topher. We X and O our way through topics, millennial success stories, entrepreneurship, small businesses rescue, LGBTQ pride stories, and more. This is Tic Tac Topher. What's going on, you guys? This is Christopher here with Tic Tac Topher. I am here with Zachary Jones. Zachary, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm looking forward to being here and sharing my story with you. Zachary, I'm Thanks so excited for that me. you are here. My goodness, it's going to be really, really powerful. You have some really ex- like exceptional stuff to share Thank with you. our listeners. Um, now, Zachary actually wrote um, or has written multiple different blog posts um, with a feed called Tales of an Anxious Soul. Am I correct? Yes. So... How long has Tales of an Anxious Soul been around? I mean, how long have you been writing? You know, I started in October of 2014, I believe. Okay. Now, why? I mean, what's your why behind it? So at the time, I was, you know, getting ready to go on a mission with the Mormon Church and also dealing with, you know, understanding my sexuality, how I identified, and... um, so I was at a crossroads and it was challenging because, you know, I, I was seeing my bishop and talking about different things with him and having to confess little things like going on dates and kissing and stuff like that. And so I had to decide if I was going to come out or if I was going to go on a mission and how that was going to work either way. And so I did this as a way of, you know, coming out and starting to shed some light on Mm -hmm. what was going on with me now with some of our listeners who are um, not necessarily lds but who may might have some friends as lds a mission is kind of like a a field trip or a journey that you take a spiritual journey that you take um somewhere else correct yeah kind of it's um it's a two-year trip 
that you go on to share the gospel at the LDS church. Okay. And so you have a companion, and I think they switch them up. I'm not sure how often. But so the people on the bicycles with yeah. dressed up in the, in the white shirt and the tie, um, the missionaries, yes. um, they are on their, on their mission. So awesome. Well, um, Zachary, we're, again, glad that you're here. You. Um, and, again, the way that this is going to work um, is... It is Tic-Tac-Tofer. Uh, we are going to kind of play Tic-Tac-Toe together. Okay, it's a game right. of Tic-Tac-Toe. Um, now, it's not necessarily like any other game of Tic-Tac-Toe that you have played. Uh, this one's going to be a little bit more metaphorical. Okay, we're going to go through your life, um, and we're going to kind of play this game of Tic-Tac-Toe together. And we're going to go through all together right. and figure all that stuff out. And any type of um, advice that you would have to give to our listeners um, at the end of this... I want you to give that okay. Just just promise to do that part for me. I'm down. Let's play. <laughs> Sounds great. Let's do this. All right. Now, so at the beginning of the game, I do have my first question for you. Um, now, what advice would you give somebody who is currently in the LDS religion, who is either um, identifying as SSA, um, same-sex attraction, um, or who wants to come out, but they just do not know how? to start that journey so yeah it's a very tough question because you know there's individuals who do identify as same-sex attraction or having same-sex attraction and i'm now, not a- first of all didn't mean to cut you off but that's again the point of the game um what is ssa yeah i i'm not a huge fan of that term it is typically a term used in conversion therapy and so it's more of a clinical term for being gay, but they see it as like an addiction or a problem that you have to solve. Okay, awesome. So then from my understanding, it's a little bit more like a cover-up at the moment, just so it's okay. So I'm attracted to a male, but I want to be married to a woman. Type right. Of thing. And in some ways, I mean, that was what was my, that was my first little baby step, okay. even though, you know, I kind of hate the term, but right. it's sometimes necessary for somebody to start that process of coming out and accepting themselves right i mean it's a very very big journey when i started mine i mean it's it took me almost i mean eight years to really learn the term that i'm gay is okay right and and the fact that i can accept myself and that i can have a relationship with a man and even a family with a man and have that be okay is huge and it's not only something that a journey that you have to kind of take on in yourself, kind of like, again, that person in the mirror, but it's everybody around you as well. So. We all take our own time. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but now kind of continuing again with this, what's one thing, um, kind of going back to the journey of coming out in the LDS church, um, what's one thing that you wish you had known at the beginning of all of this? I so I'm gonna say something and it's going to be probably hard for people who are active to active in the church to come to terms with or accept but for me I wish I had known that I did not have to see my bishop for all the things that I was seeing him for because that was that caused so many issues for me right and just made me feel broken and you know just a nail in the coffin basically and just made me feel like I had to fix something and I was constantly praying and trying to make things 
right and asking him for you know there's priesthood blessings in the church where men who have the priesthood or the power of God I guess you can say um, they give blessings and it's believed that they're talking through or God's talking through them and so I wanted them to give me blessings and try to take the sexuality away and so I just wish that I had known I didn't have to do that take away a little bit of the quote-unquote disease yep. from what again kind of you're just going off of ideas that you've been given and this idea that you are sick and need to be cured you won't know anything other than that because you're kind of in the middle of it mm -hmm. right um wow the fact that you are standing here today and willing to say this is i mean inspirational to me i know i know i know and it's this this listen this isn't easy to all of our listeners out there this is not easy stuff right um and the reason we're playing this game together um is to bring inspiration to others who are going through the same thing because you're not the only one and that's i think also <laughs> something extremely kind of uplifting to hear is that you're not so that you can keep going thank you but you're welcome <laughs> um again little side side note but oh another oh for you because that, that last one was an x um what again was some of the best resources um that you had at your disposal kind of going through this you spoke a little bit about your bishop being a main tool to go talk to for your spirituality, right? Because, I mean, you grew up from a very young age all the way to when you were 18 to where you realized that you were a little bit different. Mm -hmm. um, and you're like, okay, cool, but this is that person that I was going to talk to. Where do I go if I have something to talk to him about that he might not necessarily want to hear? It's... It's a scary thing because <clears throat> growing up in the church, you feel like you can go to your bishop for anything and mm. counsel, even though you know they're not professionals or licensed, but right. you're taught to go to them. So, When was the breaking point for you? When did you finally have to go, I need, oh. I need to go see someone else? Okay, actually, I'm going to cry. Um, Um, I was, I was out already, but still trying to make the LDS church work for me. And, you know, so I was saying, I was still, I was claiming the term gay now, you know, I had opened up about being gay, but... I was still trying to make the church work and I was at this point I had started drinking but I was also still seeing my bishop about different things and um, there is a friend of mine who I went to high school with mm -hmm. and he wasn't the greatest person but um, basically you know we were all grown up now and my friends had started talking to him again and they were all hanging out with me when I showed up wasted and I think I'd bleached my eyebrows or I was bleaching them like I was not in a good place and 
he had told them like well we're his friends like he should know that he can hang out with us and not drink and long story short that individual actually invited me back to his house to hang out and you know I I brought like a little I don't know what they're called the little tiny wine bottles like the one serving or whatever (laughs) I brought like little shot glasses nothing to get crazy with and I was also planning to see my bishop that night ironically and when he saw the alcohol he was like why are you why are you drinking and then going to see your bishop and I was like I'll just cancel with my bishop Mm -hmm. so you know he ended up putting a stronger drink mixed with it when I was in the bathroom and he like mentioned it and I was fine he had a glass I thought he was going to drink I was out of control at this time of my life and so alcohol I was just like rating everything that I saw when there was alcohol involved and so he was just offering me shots and drinks and he wasn't drinking anything whatsoever it was to the point where I don't know everything (laughs) I don't remember everything that happened Um, I do remember leaving his place barefoot and shirtless and I was in the parking lot I was crying and somehow I ended up back in his place and then I was in his room and things were happening and everything was off and then I'm crying and he just thinks that I'm drunk and just whatever you know just emotional right and he ch- he tries to tell me he has to get up early and it's like 10 something at night I'm blacked out like <laughs> starting to come back from it but he told me I needed to leave and so our my friend came with her husband and followed us back home and she knew something was up because she you know she had seen me drunk multiple times and wasn't sure how to help me but then when she saw me in that state she knew something was going on and as the days progressed you know we talked about bishops and them seeming like this important person for you to go to for counseling well like loosely worded counseling with quotes around it right um they're not professionals they're not licensed they're just a man that was given this role this title without any training or any understanding of how the brain works and basically i went to him seeking help because i had been taken advantage of Um, without really pausing he told me that he would have to contact my stake president to get some clarification because I would most likely have to go through a court of love sorry a court of love um, which we kind of talked on talked on that earlier but I luckily at that point had started really thinking for myself and starting to put my foot down when it came to religion and the control it was having on me. And obviously I wasn't in a healthy frame of mind, but I was able to at least acknowledge that the church was not healthy. And I had called my parents and I told them, like, this is it, I'm done. I, they had already known 
what had happened mm-hmm. and they knew I was like I was thinking about leaving and I told them I was you know speaking with my bishop and so I told them you know I'm done I don't want to do this anymore with you know with the church and I still after that I stuck it out for a little bit I thought that I had to be this martyr or this person that stayed in the church and tried to like bring change and I realized I can do that outside of it too so I started you know, living outside of the church, and here you are. Finally, yeah. <laughs> finally, <laughs> it took a lot of pushing, um, and I'm still, you know, trying to get a clear vision of things. But man, yeah, there's a lot that we could talk about. Like, I wasn't even planning on talking about that, and that just came up. <laughs> Sometimes oh, the stuff man. that you're supposed to talk about the most is the stuff that kind of <sighs> comes out. Right? It's just like a flood. And it just happens. Yeah. Um, and you might be able to kind of relate to this as well. But kind of with all of the religions out there, and a lot of this kind of came into light when social media kind of really blew up, there's a lot of obsession behind perfection. Mm-hmm. Right? Let me have this perfect family. Let me have these two children. One boy, one girl everything's going to be perfect and if it's not i'm looked at as a failure yeah i I and when in really and in reality looking at that american dream that's a sickness that's a pandemic in itself the idea that if you do not have a family or a spouse or a partner in life, you're a failure. Happiness in general is the success, no matter what that looks like, no matter what that journey looks like, especially for you. So I do wanna, I do wanna say one thing though. Um, you know, my parents and I, we, we've maintained our relationship through all of this and, you know, Parental strategies may have not been perfect, and there's not a real book on parenting. Right. And when you're given all these, I mean, I guess the LDS Church kind of has a rule book. They tell you how to live, and so you try to teach your kids that way, and it kind of backfires sometimes. But they, I was actually able to go to my dad. pretty sure we were actually sitting in the church parking lot so I I'd driven to their house and he knew something was wrong and you know I typically wouldn't really open up to him about this because it was very you know, it was a very gay and a sexual experience and we were still crossing that bridge with each other and I just I'll never forget his first response was just wanting to press charges and I I wasn't expecting that from him I mean I knew he would listen but it was reassuring like we had been on this huge journey and Mm -hmm. um, 
so it was like a breaking point for me for good and bad and it that one thing really caused me to grow and change and know that I could open up to my parents and that has been very beneficial obviously a lot of stuff happened and you know I had to go to you know treatment and different things but that experience definitely sticks out to me and I love my parents (laughs) it shows and thank you for thank you for sharing that because that's kind of some at the end of the day everybody just wants to be heard and I mean I also kind of applaud our our parents' generation as well, because, I mean, while we grew up in an era to where technology was new, we had everything at our fingertips, and Mm. they were told a little bit how we were all supposed to live. We were really the first generation to where we were growing up, and we started to question everything. Yeah. Let alone, I mean, I popped out of the womb. I was like, I like men, by the (laughs) way. Just by the way. Side note. (laughs) Side note, that one's a little bit of a a surprise. Where's my confetti? Um, But yeah, I mean, can you read a little bit about, I mean, of your your blog for us? Um, Sorry, let me clear my boogers. You're fine. Uh, So uh, this one is uh, from Tales of an Anxious Soul. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give you a little bit of uh, time to pull it up. But... um, it is the first post of exercising, or one of the posts of exercising the Mormon demons of my past. That one kind of literally puts a stamp on what we just talked about. Yeah, so I, I try to grab attention with the titles of these to try to draw people in. Um, so I'll just, I'll read an expert. Or <laughs> An excerpt from my blog. Around the age 18, I had to really come up with a game plan because it is hounded into you growing up in the LDS church that men go on missions. And women can, but they are not really expected to, like the men are. Once you go on a mission, once you get to the mission age and decide to not go, that's when people decide to tell you that all along it was never expected of you, contrary to popular teachings. It creates a sort of complex because you feel like God will be disappointed in you if you don't go. And I began talking to my bishop about other options. I was worried that if I went on a mission, then I would be attracted to a companion or someone on the mission. And I would end up doing something that would result in me being excommunicated. We decided I might serve a service mission so I could stay local and not worry about having some hot sex on my mission. I also wanted to expedite the process of going through the temple. I was taught that once you go through the Mormon temple, you know more than the average person. You gain more of a perfect knowledge. Therefore, if you commit a serious sin after you go through the temple, you have more severe consequences. It takes God longer to forgive you because you have gone through his holy house. I wanted to go through the temple so I would eternally secure my fate. I wanted to make sure that if I did anything gay, then I would have to go through a court of love, which is anything but love. If anything, it is just a lack of ability for leadership to understand and be empathetic. Thank you for sharing that. Now that is just kind of like you said... Sorry, a little still bit, shaky. You're fine. A little bit of um, 
a post that was posted on Tales of an Anxious Soul on September 7th, 2019. Um, now, the little excerpt above at the top, I'm reading, it says, Tales of an Anxious Soul. I was 100% sure that I never would marry a woman, and there was no need to. I needed to find a new path. We all kind of know what that path is now, don't we? It's finally out there. <laughs> or it's been out there. I love that. Well, Zach, thank you so much for coming in today. Um, you won uh, tic-tac-toe. Um, <laughs> Thanks for again, having this me. One's, this one's a little bit uh, more of an intense uh, episode. Now, uh, where can our listeners find you, Zach? So my, yeah, the blog uh, link is talesofanxioussoul.blogspot.com. Mm-hmm. And if you want to follow me, I'm on Facebook as uh, Tales of an Anxious Soul as well. And you can find me on there. I love that. Now, thank you for sharing. Thank to all of our listeners me. out there, um, thank you for listening. We are, we would not be you guys, or be us without you guys. <laughs> Apparently words are not my forte today. But, um, but yeah. Uh, and the last thing I want to say is um, if you guys need to reach out to Zach, please do. Um, and we look forward to our next episode. We'll talk to you soon. Bye, guys. We'll be honest. We used our stimulus check on beer and microphones and Cheetos. Don't judge. You do you. We'll do us. This is Tic Tac Topher. We've been locked up for long enough. Let's have some fun. We'll X and O our way through topics like millennial success stories, entrepreneurship, small businesses rescue. Let's get to it. This is Tic Tac Topher. Yeah.